Hey guys, Rachel here. So today's episode is going to be another replay. Um, this one is um, going to be from actually only a couple months ago. Um, it is an interview that I did with Destiny Spurlock. And I wanted to replay it, obviously, for Black History Month. Um, so that's what this episode is going to be. Um, it was done actually um, the week of PRI. So this was done, you know, back in December. Um, and it's crazy, but uh, Destiny and I had been trying to get uh, this podcast interview done. Um, we've had we had to reschedule multiple times and um, and we had to do it literally the day before PRI started. Um, so, yeah, so it, it was insane. She had just flown in um, to Indy and she was at her Airbnb. And that is how we um, did the podcast interview. Literally, um, right right after that, she had to go to a banquet. So it was, yeah, so it was a crazy time, but we got it done. Um, so yeah, um, without further ado, we'll get into it. Welcome to Race Wife Unfiltered, hosted by your favorite bougie race wife, Rachel Thornhill. Every week, she shares stories of her life as a race wife and other women in motorsports, giving them a platform so their voices can be heard. Hey guys, welcome back to Race Wipe Unfiltered. I am your host, Rachel Thornhill, and today we have a special guest with us. She is a motorcycle drag racing champion, entrepreneur, fashion icon. I mean, she's been seen, you know, on the runway at New York Fashion Week. She's a SAG member, official ambassador for BMW Motorcycles. So welcome Richmond, Virginia native, Destiny Spurlock. Hey, Destiny. Hey, girl. Thank hey. you for having me on your podcast. I know. <laughs> it's been so long because we've been kind of going back and forth, and I know schedules are just crazy. So, But I'm glad that we finally get to connect, even though, obviously, it's in the middle of PRI. Like, you're literally starting at PRI today. <laughs> so, yes. Yes. But still, I mean, we got, we got a chance to finally connect, so I'm glad. So, That's right. Obviously, you are doing so much stuff. Um, I mean, and you started riding motorcycles, which is crazy, at the age of six. So, like, how did that start? Like, so were your parents, like, they just threw you on the back of a motorcycle and were hoping that you'd stick with it? or Kind of. So my mom and my dad, they've been riding motorcycles forever. So my mom and dad got a motorcycle, and I think I was six. And I've always been intrigued by, you know, fast things and adrenaline things. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, mom, I want to ride. So every time my mom started that bike, I was on the back. And my dad started it. I'm like, I'm going with you. I don't care. I'm six years old, holding on for dear life, but having the time of my life at the same time. So um, that's where it started. Mm -hmm. And then my dad got me a go-kart, I think, 
maybe at seven or something like that. And I was tearing up the yard at my grandparents' house. So I've just always had that need for speed since I was a tot. And that's how it started, I guess. Yeah. And then, like, and then obviously you went to a drag strip at at 12. And then it's like, that was pretty much like, you knew that was your calling, right? Like, you were just like, I've got to do this now. I did because so when I was 12, that was the first time I saw motorcycles drag race, like mm-hmm. motorcycle drag racing. And I was like, okay, yeah, I want to do this. But before that, I got the chance to go to an all junior dragster. So they're like junior dragsters yeah. for kids um, race. And I really wanted to get into that. But my parents, they did not give me a junior. So I was cool just going and watching. Mm-hmm. But once I saw the motorcycles, I said, I don't care. I'm doing that at some point. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and I mean, especially since you started, you know, on the back of a motorcycle at six, it's like, I'm sure it's like, you were like, oh, and I can race these too? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what it was. It was like, okay, so I can go really fast on these legally on the track. So, yeah, let's do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So It was funny. I will tell you a cute little story about that, too. So when I used to be on the back with my mom or dad, there was this, like, really long strip to our house. And every time we got to it, I would tell my mom or dad, I'll say, hit it, mom, or hit it, dad. And then they'll, like, kind of get into it a little bit. So, (laughs) yeah, that's where I got that, that, yeah, Yeah. let's go from. (laughs) Right. Yeah, it's like, no, like, I want want you to go fast. No, faster. Like, that's not fast enough. And it's like, they're like, no, you, you know, you're too young for me to be going. Listen, they'll tap my leg. That meant, hold on. And I'm like, all right, let's go. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, so obviously, you you know, you did that for for quite some time. I mean, it ended up, you know, becoming a champion, which is crazy, you know. And you were the first woman to win, like, an event championship in the, four, in the 460, you know, index. So that world's quickest woman on a BMW S1000, which I love those bikes, to be honest. I've seen them and I love those bikes. They are, they, they look so amazing. So I don't blame you for picking that one. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I was the um, first woman um, to win a 460 index race, like mm-hmm. a final. So it wasn't the championship. Mm-hmm. per se um i did miss the championship by one oh, point wow. so that was heartbreaking yeah. but <laughs> to get on the s1000s listen i thought i knew fast until i had gotten one of those and it was literally day and night um everything the bike is lighter the mm-hmm. throttle response is was completely different it's very torquey um yeah that was my baby <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, I don't blame you. So um, so that bike, do you still have it? Yes, I still have my S one thousand. I will never get rid of it. The only way I will get rid of it is if it's going into a, a museum or something. Mm-hmm. Other than that, it can sit in the corner for all I care. But that's my baby. That that's what changed my whole life mm-hmm. when it came to drag racing. So. Yeah, <laughs> I don't blame you. I don't blame you for wanting to keep it. So now, um, so do you still? Um, do you still stick with like the 1000s or are you wanting to, you know, move up a little bit? So, yeah. So we, my boyfriend and I, we have, um, well, we had two, mm-hmm. uh, Jixxer mm-hmm. 1000, oh, okay, yeah. 20, 20 and one's a 
2017. Yeah. So yeah, I don't really race my BMW anymore. Um, I actually um, am no longer with BMW for ambassadorship because we're changing things and going a different direction. But um, the Jixxer, they're... So when I first raced the BMWs, those were fast. Mm -hmm. But now mm -hmm. this, that Suzuki has played with some things and have changed it up, yeah. they're faster than the BMWs oh, okay. when they came out. Yeah, so they're moving. But as far as me sticking with what type of bike i love 1000s they're just very slim and sleek and they fit my body and my riding style mm -hmm. so as far as street bike yeah 1000 yeah. <laughs> yes i don't blame you um yeah and um the first bike i ever rode was a ninja 250. my husband uh -huh. had bought one and i was like you know what i want to ride it like i, I want to try you know because it's not like i ever jumped on the back of a bike ever um, and yeah, and I loved it, but then it's like, then later on he got a Jixxer, but it was a 600 because, um, he, he doesn't really mess with 1000s and above that. Like he just kind of like 600 was like enough at that time. And yeah. And I rode the Jixxer, the Jixxer 600 for a, a little bit. And yeah, I, I totally understand why you like this, why you like the Suzuki's. Yeah. They're, they're nice. Yeah. Now I love the Suzuki's has, too though. Yeah. But now he has a Ducati. So, yeah. Is it 1199? Uh it's the Hyper Motard, the um the Strata, the Hyper okay. Strata. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. But cuz he's big into the whole Hyper Motard type stuff, yeah. But um I haven't taken that bike out like by myself. I've only mm -hmm. ridden on the back of it. But that's a nice bike too. Yeah. Um, but they are very yeah, but to ride by myself, I would probably go with the Jixxer though, because like that—I okay. don't know—that one was like just that one was just really comfortable when I did it. So yeah. yeah. And a lot of people think too that all one thousands or all seven fifties or all six mm hundreds -hmm. are all the same, and they're not. They all feel completely different. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. And also, it just depends on your riding style too, because like if you you know depending on how you ride that can also change how, you know, how you feel on the bike too. Cause you know, some people ride a little bit more up on the tank and some mm -hmm. don't, you know? And so, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And then a lot of people, they ask me, they're like, would you ever get a Busa or a 14? Oh yeah. I mean, out of the two, I like the way the Busas feel mm -hmm. as far as comfortability, but I don't know the 14s, they just, they're so yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't blame you. Like, I don't know. Like, I could. For me, it's like, I don't know, because I, I, I'm obviously not that great of a rider. So, like, I'm re very beginner. Like, six hundred mm -hmm. would be the highest I'd go. But yeah, yeah like, I don't know. Like, I, I feel they're just so bulky, and yeah, I, I, I don't yeah. see how people ride those and you know be able to like. Yeah. Like once they start going, they're very smooth. But the initial right. seating position and everything is like, oh, I'm on a big old Cadillac. <laughs> right. Exactly. It's it's massive. I mean, it's like it, it's almost like I guess you could kind of compare it to like the gold wing of like sports bikes, you know, because yes. like, they're just so big. And it's like, I don't, I don't really know. Yeah, that's perfect. That's perfect. Yeah. Like, like 
<laughs> yeah, it's like that. That's pretty much how they feel. Like I don't, I'm like I don't know about all that, but yeah, I mean, some people like them, and 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 obviously for like the drag strip makes sense, but like to write them on the street, I don't, you know, I feel yeah. like that's just a little too much. So. Yep. And I did hear you say, you know, because you're a beginner and you feel comfortable on a 600, but I'm gonna tell you, like I tell everybody else. Mm-hmm. The bike only goes as fast as you make it. Like mm-hmm. literally, the 600 to the 1000, it's the same bike. It's just, you know, the motor is a little different. Yeah. But, you know, you just take your time and you got it. You can work your, work your way up, girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, like I said, I haven't, I haven't rode in years. And it's because, you know, now like we downsize to one bike and my husband, you know, he, honestly, the bike sits more than anything now. Um, cause we just don't really have time, you know, with racing and stuff, you know, cause he races a dirt lane model. So like between that and work and kids, we just tend to not really get out very much on the motorcycle anymore. And like, I do miss that because like, that was, that's a lot of fun to do is just go yeah. ride and stuff. So. I definitely understand. Cause people ask us, they're like, do you guys go and ride on the street? I said, when, what time? <laughs> We don't have time. Our riding is at the racetrack. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. But yeah, it's crazy how much. Um, Cause I, I actually was talking to somebody, I think it was last week. And we were talking about how, like, you don't realize how much time, like, racing takes up of your life until the off season. And then you're like, what do I do? What do I do? <laughs> It's like, wait, this took up this much of our time. Like, you really start to like put it together, and it's like, yeah. I didn't realize that we were spending this much time, you know, with racing. Even though, like, you know, sometimes we're not at the track; it's just like driving the car, doing whatever, you know. And it's like, I didn't realize how much time it was truly taking, you know, yeah. from every, you know, from everything else. And it's like, yeah, like it definitely. It, it's a lifestyle because I mean it takes up so much of your time. Literally, like you said, during the off season, when it's a weekend and we're not at the racetrack, I'm literally sitting at home. Like, okay, what am I supposed to do? Like, oh, I guess I'll go cook dinner. Like, what am I supposed to do? I guess I'll go to do some yard work. <laughs> right, exactly. It's like, what do what do normal people do? Normal people. <laughs> That's what I say all the time. I promise you. It's crazy. So yeah. it's good to know I'm not the only one. <laughs> no, no. It, it's definitely like that all the time. And like, we've been, you know, we've been doing this for 18 years. And it's like, it, it, yeah, it's like, I'm like, man, what do normal people do? Because it's like, we, you know, this has been our lives for so long. It's like, when the off season comes, it's like, okay, do I want to binge Netflix for a little bit? Or yeah. wait, do I like? Do I even want to watch TV? Like, I don't even yes. know. <laughs> That's us. Literally, we'll be doing what you said. It's like, okay, let's go watch some some Netflix. So we'll get on a really good series like Ozark or mm-hmm. something like that, and then we'll be sitting there on the sofa. We're like. All right, let's go in the garage. Let's go do something with a motorcycle because that's what we're used to. I don't, yeah. We don't know how to be normal. <laughs> no, no. Because that's the same thing with my husband. He doesn't know what to do with himself. He's like, um, I think I'm just going to go work on the car. I'm like, and do what? Like, I think you've done everything you can on the car. I don't know, but I'm going to find something. Cause 
I don't want to sit down and watch TV or whatever. Or sometimes he'll like jump on iRacing because he'll do that a lot more. But other than that, like we we don't really know what to do. We're just kind of going just going through the motions of every single day during the off season. Like, uh, I guess I could do this. I don't know. (laughs) Definitely. And it's funny you bring up iRacing because I love sim racing. It's Mm -hmm. so much fun. So we're thinking about getting a sim or we'll probably get one. But I know on the off season, if we do get a sim, that's exactly where I'm going to (laughs) be. Yeah. 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 He has one of those, one of the motion rigs. And yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. He stays on that all the time. (laughs) Yeah. He stays on it all the time. So yeah. 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 It's, it's, I've been on it a couple times just to like try it. And yeah, I can see how people could get, you know, addicted to doing it. Cause uh, yeah, it's, I mean, it's fun. Like when I, when I do, but I kind of just leave it to him. Cause it's like, yeah. it moves a little too much for me. Like, I'm yeah. like, I don't feel like getting sick. Cause especially and, in and VR. Yeah. yeah. So my boyfriend, he can't do the motion one either. Mm-hmm. It like messes with his equilibrium, but me, I can get on it and it doesn't affect me. So it's like, do we get one with motion or without it? And if we get one without it, I want motion. So it's like, we'll figure it out. Right. You could just turn. You could just turn everything. Turn you can off. just turn all the motion off whenever he wants yeah. to do it. Yes, that's so awesome that your husband does dirt racing. That is so cool. I love watching them because they're always battling it out. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, definitely this year. For sure, because like he moved, so he, first he did mini sprints, he did micro sprints, mm-hmm. and then he moved to the dirt lane model because out here in Louisiana, they pretty much like the mini sprints don't even really run anymore. Mm-hmm. If they run once a month, they're lucky. So we, so he was like, I want something where I can run a lot more consistent, um, and so he switched to the late model, and we've been doing that for three years now. But, um, but yeah, this year, like this past season, like he got really comfortable with the car, you know, cause he got a different car compared to what he had started with. And like, he was actually getting really comfortable with it and he loves it. Like, and that's what he was saying. Like that was, that was definitely a learning curve for him because obviously open wheel, you can't touch, you know, and so, at all. no, not at all. And so he so at first he didn't realize that with the late models you could rub like a lot yeah. like you know with and and stuff when he first started because he was like because uh-huh. people were wondering they were like why do you keep like holding back like whenever you know people are like trying to you know rub against you and stuff uh-huh. and he's like well you know I don't I don't want to like you know get pushed into the wall I don't want like certain things to happen they're like you have a lot more like. There's a lot more give with mm-hmm. late models. It's not like a sprint car where you touch, y'all are flipping, yep. y'all are gone. <laughs> like, yep. there's, you know, there's no, there's nothing you can do about it. And they're like, no, you can rub and stuff. Like it's no big deal. So, oh yeah, since he since he found that out, oh, sheet metal's been torn up. There's yep. there's scrapes all over the sides of the car. Tire <laughs> marks. Yeah. Oh circles. yeah. Yep. Yeah. What they say? They say. If you're not rubbing, you're not racing. Mm-hmm. So he better get in there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And oh yeah, like he yeah he definitely uh, he got more aggressive this year with it. Yeah, know, for 
Um, and yeah, we had to start, we had to end our season a little early because, um, one wreck that he got into, it did quite a bit of damage. So we had to end the season a little early, but that's okay. I mean, it's, it's no big deal, but, um, this next season though, we want to be able to travel because here, most of the tracks are closed. So we, all we've got is Baton Rouge Raceway down here and, they only run every other week. So like if, and then sometimes not even that, cause like they'll, um, they'll rent the track out to like other events and stuff. Mm-hmm. So if they're not racing, we have nowhere to go. And so, Aww. yeah, cause all the other tracks have shut down. So we, so he was like, you know, ne- you know, next season, I actually want us to try and travel a little bit because, mm-hmm. you know, cause then he can actually get more seat time because that, keeping him from being able to get much seat time in the white model so yeah it's definitely all about that seat time and oh yeah it that it's only like one track by you all and it's to hear you say that it's like weird because so many people when they meet me they're mm. like where are you from i'm like virginia they're like oh you're in prime location for mm. any type of race and you have so many tracks but to me it seems normal but yeah. then when i talk to people like you and you're like there's only one track i'm like what? Like, yeah. that's not life. <laughs> yeah. And when then that's the crazy thing, there used to be more tracks, but it's like either it's bad management, like the tracks don't don't manage them right, or they're shutting down, because, you know, just because, because they're like, oh, they don't want to do it anymore or whatever. And, and yeah, it makes it harder because for us, if we do want to go anywhere else, we have to travel pretty far so we can either go to northern louisiana which can be anywhere from four to six hours yeah yeah um like the top of the state is six hours away from us oh my gosh that's excruciating (laughs) (laughs) exactly like it's crazy because it's like you wouldn't think because if you look at the map louisiana looks pretty small but it's actually six hours from Baton, from the Baton Rouge area where we are to the top of the state. So, oh my gosh, yeah. that is wild! Like yeah. literally, if I if I traveled six hours from Virginia, I would be in South Carolina. Oh, so okay, like yeah, you'd be in a whole other state. No, yeah, two states. Like that's crazy. Oh my gosh. Yeah, because yeah, like wow. we'd be literally on the border of Louisiana and Arkansas in oh six hours. God. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it takes that long to get all the way up there. And so yeah, so that so for us that's not feasible to to drive that far. And then other than that, we have to go into Mississippi and we did have a track that was two hours from us, but they shut down. So Mm -hmm. the only other one that we have would be four hours. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, and then there's another one that's like six. But yeah, that's far for us. So it's like if we don't race at Baton Rouge, we're just mm-hmm. sitting here, and that's why, like, he's like, we're gonna have to start traveling because yeah, we just don't have anything here. Definitely. Yeah. Aww. So. Well, I hope you guys start traveling more next year, even though it's gonna be like kind of far. But yeah, that's what races do. We gotta do. We gotta yeah. Do. Oh yeah, yeah. And I mean, and that, and that's kind of like how we're looking at it. It's like. You know, we might not do it all the time, but at least get some, you know, some races in at other places because, you know, 
this this past season we sat way too long. Like that was yeah. just, that like our season was too small. Like it didn't make mm-hmm. sense. Um. So yeah, we were. So yeah, we're definitely gonna try and travel. You know, as much as we possibly can. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. Well, go y'all. <laughs> I'm be rooting for y'all. Oh, thank you. Yeah, because I mean, my husband does it for a hobby. It's not like he's trying to do this full time. But even so, it's like you know he loves doing it. But it's like you gotta, you know, you've gotta be able to actually get some races in. It's like mm-hmm. if you're only racing every other week, you know, that's yeah. not really doing much. So yeah, you want to be able to be competitive and mm-hmm. all that good stuff. So exactly, and especially since he's he hasn't raced this car for very long, so you know, three years is not that long. So it's like he wants to be able to get as much seat time as possible. So yeah. So with you, um, SAG member and New York Fashion Week, how did all that happen? So SAG was kind of random. So. <laughs> I- so this was oh gosh like 2012 okay um there was a show called precinct 757 and they asked me they said hey would you want to be in a tv show i was like sure (laughs) i guess i don't know okay so my character was helmet girl and i basically had a segment where the guy was running from a police officer and i came on my bike with my helmet on zooming and i and i like almost hit him Hmm. and so he like jumps out the way and i like swerve and it was really cool and so i did that and then i got the chance to be on a show called lexus zero to 60 which was a challenge i think it was eight of us eight or ten of us where we had to do these different obstacles in these different Lexus vehicles and whoever had the most points at the end, they won a Lexus. So, and again, I lost that by one point. <laughs> but um, <laughs> So that's how I was able to become a SAG member because of the different shows that I was on. And I was on um, season two, I think, of Muscles and Classics, where they did a segment on my car racing stuff, mm-hmm. my late model racing, and my drag racing so yeah 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 and then new york fashion week that i've been in new york fashion week i think three years mm-hmm. and it's just opportunity because modeling believe it or not was my first love before racing oh. and i i always said i'm gonna be a victoria's secret model i'm gonna be on the a runway for their big show that they do at the end of every year and yeah i haven't gotten there yet but i'm gonna get there you'll get there Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, we're gonna see you. Uh, we're gonna see you on uh on TV. Yep, that's right. It's coming. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, it will. Yeah. Yes. But yeah, and then obviously you also got um you started doing stuff with Skip Barber. Yes. Which is amazing. So congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> that was another thing that kind of came out of nowhere (laughs) like I've always been a formula one lover um Indy is cool but I love formula one over it and so last year I was at SEMA and this guy named Rod Reed came up to me he said would you want to race a a open wheel car I'm like yeah (laughs) literally in two weeks my butt was in that car testing and then Skip Barber, I got the opportunity, 
me to race the full season with Skip Barber. So that was literally a dream come true. And it was a kind of a full circle moment because last year I was at PRI and I was looking at the Skip Barber uh, Formula 4 car, not even knowing that a year later my butt would be racing them. So, right. yeah. You manifested crazy. that. You definitely manifested that. You brought that into existence and it happened. And so, um, so yeah. So are you going to possibly do something like that again? Like do something with open wheel? So I am going to probably transition to GT cars, like open wheel cars and stuff is all cool. But just because I feel like I started when I did in open wheel going up the ranks, it'll it'll take a while. Mm -hmm. So I feel like I would rather transition into GT cars, GT3, GT4. And there's so many opportunities available for that. You can Mm -hmm. do, you know, like the Rolex 24 hours and all the, the, all that stuff. Yeah. so I think that's where my fit is going to be. So oh, okay. we're working on some stuff for 2024. Oh, nice. All right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, you got so much stuff com- going on. And yeah, I don't blame you for um, going to like the GT thing. Because yeah, like you said, there's so much more like opportunities for you, um, depending on like what you want to do. If you want to go into GT World Challenge or if you want to go into, you know, um, like you said, Rolex. Um, there's just, there's so many different things you can do. So yeah. that's great. So who knows? Yeah. They see me on a 24 hour race. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, I did want to talk about your foundation. What's your destiny foundation? Um, because I love what you're doing. Like, I think that's amazing that you're doing that with kids and, you know, you're definitely mentoring them and getting them into racing. Cause it's like, obviously, you know, that's the next generation. And like, if that's the only way to keep it going is that, you know, we have to get every single generation to be interested. So, so what made you start it? So, okay. So I've always had a passion for kids. Like my entire life is love helping and introducing them to new things. So years ago, this was 2013. I think I had went to a career day at my middle school I used to go to and so many kids didn't know anything about drag racing they didn't even know it existed so my mind got to thinking I'm like maybe I should do a foundation so a few years went past and then I went to another career day at an elementary school and this little boy he came up to me he said wait a minute I said what he said you're a girl I said yeah he said but you race motorcycles? I said, yes. He said, I didn't know girls could do that. I said, yeah, they can. So at that moment, it was like, okay, I got to do something. I have Mm -hmm. to push the narrative and show these kids that this exists. Mm -hmm. So I decided to start my foundation called What's Your Destiny Foundation? And it's to help introduce kids into drag racing. And I'm doing it through junior drag racing because it's at an age where they can start. Um, So my goal is to be able to sponsor two kids every year to race in in their local point series race for the whole season. 
So right now I actually sponsor three oh, wow. um, kids. They're brothers and sisters. It's one girl, two boys, and they race junior dragsters. And one of their cars is actually at, in PRI this year. So um, thanks. Yes. So my goal is just to be able to do that every year and teach them everything from the fundamentals of drag racing to how to take care of their car, mm -hmm. how to actually race and be competitive right. and win and all that stuff. So yeah, I can go on and on about it, but in a gym, like that's, that's what it is. Yeah. No, I love that you're so passionate about it though. Cause I mean, yeah, there, so many kids just don't know much about it. Like unless they're exposed to racing, they, they don't know. And yeah, yeah. you exposing some of these kids that might not, might never even have set foot at a racetrack ever because ever. you know their family is not you know interested in racing or whatever you know that can inspire some of them to be like hey i want to do this too and then you know go to their family and be like hey i want to do this like i saw destiny and this is what she's doing and you know and i really want to do that because i mean you're setting an example and yeah um, especially for young girls because there's so many young girls that are not in racing and they might want to be, but they just don't know like how to get exactly. So. And like, I actually was uh, the guest speaker at this event for this foundation called girls for a change and all, and it's all girls. And again, the, the topic came up that I didn't know girls did this. I didn't mm -hmm. even know this was a thing. And I say all that to say, being able to be in front of an audience like that and to show them that there's something else that they can do, even though they're a woman, is right. phenomenal. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, everybody's doing all this, the, the takeover scene where they're getting all these cars and they're doing burnouts in the mm -hmm. middle of the street, street racing. And I want to be able to grab the kids while they're younger to show them the correct way to do it. Right. Rather than doing it that way, because one, it's not safe. Mm -hmm. We're here about, we're all about safety. Yeah. And if you can do this on the drag strip and in a controlled environment mm -hmm. and you can work your way up, like it's endless. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, and, and I agree. It's like sometimes when people like even hear just the word racing and they're not familiar with it, they automatically think of street racing. They yes. automatically think about that. And it's like, no, like, Number one, that's extremely dangerous, and that is not what we're talking about. Like we're talking yep. about racing that's done in a controlled environment, and there is tons of safety gear that yes. you wear, and you know you have less of a chance of getting hurt. That stuff, those people don't have any safety gear on. They're just yep. going out there in the middle of the street and just doing whatever, and you just don't know if there's going to be, you know, bystanders too, because you got people just standing around watching. Yep. Yeah, but it's like, no, with motorsports, it's totally different. Like, you know, yeah. the whole point it's, is to push for safety, you know. And exactly. Done. And, and that's a lot of the stuff that I, I want to show the kids and all that stuff, too. You know, you may see these people out here doing wheelies on the street. It may look cool, but that's not that's not the right way to do it, you know. That's yeah. Not, we're going to stay far away from that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because it's like, you know, they see adults doing that and they think that adults are supposed to be the example and so they think that oh okay well i see adults doing it so that's okay 
And it's like, no, actually, those adults, (laughs) what they're doing, they should not even be doing themselves because a lot of them get hurt. And some of them, you know, some of them, you know, get killed from doing that stuff. And it's like, that's not, you know, you don't want to, you know, take that that risk at all. And so, yeah, no, I don't blame you for, you know, wanting to introduce some of these kids that have never, you know, experienced any of that, you know, so they're able to. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I was going to say, because I go, I do like a lot of events and stuff in Mm -hmm. inner city schools. Oh, okay. You know, they don't, all they know is basketball and football. Mm -hmm. They don't know that it's anything outside of that that they can do to potentially make a living off of. So, I mean, my ultimate goal is to be able to have like a whole building and have simulators where they can come in and I want to expand out to do carding and all yeah. types of different stuff. But I'm going to start here because that this is, that's my baby. That's what I do. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But no, I love, I love what you, what you're wanting to do. Cause no, you're right. Um, especially like you mentioned with inner cities, it's like, they're only exposed to so much stuff and then that's it. And, um, and yeah, and it's like, you know, racing is definitely not, I mean, let's be real, definitely, it's definitely not something that's really exposed to the black community. Like, it's not. Well, I didn't know anything about racing until I met my husband, you know, yeah. I knew wow. absolutely nothing. And, you know, and that now I'm 18 years into it. And, and like, I even told him, I said, if something ever happened where you and I weren't together, I'd still be in the racing community anyway, right. you know, cause it's like, it's become it's such a, a big, yes, yeah, become such a big part of my life that yeah. Like that. And that's the thing is like, my parents knew nothing about racing. Like they thought I was crazy that I was going to the racetrack with my husband all of a sudden. They're like, what, what are you doing? Like, why are you right. going to this stuff? And, and that my kids, wanted to race dirt bikes and stuff and yeah they didn't understand any of that they were like y'all crazy like I'm, i don't want nothing to do with that you know right it was it was funny my my husband got my my dad on a dirt bike one day that was a no. that, yeah oh my mom was about to have a heart attack she was like she's like no she's like you need to get him off that thing because she's like i know he don't know how to ride it you know, uh-huh. obviously, you know, you know, it has you know, the, the, with the clutch and all that, you know, and everything. And no, she yeah. was freaking yeah. out. She and then and then he was like, well, do you want to ride it? My mom was not about that. She's like, no, nope. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. She's like, oh, no. She's like, y'all can keep that. I love it. <laughs> but it was. Well, yeah. Go ahead. No, it was definitely funny though, because it's like I was actually shocked that my dad even wanted to jump on it because it's yes. like my parents don't have nothing to do with any of that. And like, you go, Dad, stepping out on the wild side. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, they're supposed to come for Christmas, and um, my husband was told my dad because he actually came um, last mm-hmm. week, and he's like, um, "I'm gonna get you to try out the, the sim." And, oh, okay. Oh, I, I'm already gonna be filming that. I already know. So I, I know that's gonna be hilarious. <laughs> and he he said he he said he'd do it. I'm like, okay. My mom's probably it. gonna be there. 
losing it. She's gonna have a heart I attack. I love it. But the good thing is, it's very stationary. Exactly. Not going anywhere. He can't mm-hmm. tear anything up. So yeah. I don't know. She might be okay. Yeah, I think because it's a lot safer than him taking off on that dirt bike. So <laughs> yeah, way safer. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, he's supposed to try it out when he when they come for Christmas. So we'll see. But I'm awesome. definitely gonna film it. So. Please do. I'm definitely gonna do that. So yeah, it'll definitely be shown. Um, he might go viral. We don't know. You know, <laughs> that will go viral. <laughs> that will go viral. <laughs> right. But, uh, but yeah. So obviously, with PRI, are you doing? Are you gonna be speaking? Or are you just there just to hang out and have fun? So I'm not speaking this year. Oh, okay. I did speak last year, but this year um, my bike is going to be in the Smith Systems um, booth. I think we're booth 2140. Yeah. Oh, okay. So um, I'll be there. Um, I wasn't supposed to be doing an autograph signing, but they want me to. So mm-hmm. we'll figure that out within the three days that I'm here. Um, and I'm just going to use the opportunity to, you know, network and right. meet some new people. We'll see what's new um, from a lot of the companies. So mm-hmm. yeah, we're gonna we're gonna chill this year. Okay. But most of all, I'm gonna help Kalia. That's that's one of the um, kids that I sponsor. Mm-hmm. So her car is there. It's in the booth, and I'm gonna. This is her first year, so I'm gonna oh, walk okay. with her and show her the ropes and stuff. So yeah, yeah. yeah. This year is kind of all about her. Got <laughs> it. Yeah, and it'll definitely be fun because it's her first time. You know, and so, yeah. Um, And I'm sure, I mean, I've never been a PRI. I definitely want to try and go next year. So, um, but yeah, I'm sure like it's probably probably so much stuff going on. And for her, you know, with it being her first time, I'm sure that could be overwhelming. (laughs) Yes, it it definitely is. But the good thing is we have three days, so we don't have to rush through it. And um, hopefully she won't get exhausted (laughs) after day one. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, because there's so much stuff going on. So, but yeah, no, that that's awesome. And yeah, and obviously, um, good luck in 2024. I mean, obviously, you've got so much going on. I can't wait to see like everything that you're going to be doing. And yes, oh, I did forget too. Outside of PRI on Sunday after PRI, I'm actually going to be doing a meet and greet and autograph signing at Northern Tool and Equipment here. So it's called Donuts of Destiny, and you can bring in an unused, brand new, unwrapped toy and for toys, for the Toys for Tots type thing. And you can get $10 off of your $10 and over purchase. So I'm really looking forward to that because that's going to be fun. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah. That's neat. And then obviously, you know, People are bringing toys for, you know, kids and stuff. And so, you know, they get something out of it, too. So That's right. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. No, I'm so glad that you were able to come on and, and you know, share everything you've got going on and, and everything. It was so much fun being able to talk yes. to you. Finally. I mean, I know it's been, it's been a while. <laughs> but, <laughs> but we made it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I'm so glad that you were able to come on. And, and yeah, and definitely... Um, you know, we'll talk, we'll definitely talk, keep in touch and talk, you know, you know, we'll have you come back on for next year and with whatever you've got going on then. And, you know, I'm sure it's going to be exciting stuff. Yes. And I'm ready. Definitely bring me on next year. Um, Yeah. We're going to HR next year. I don't know if you know that or not, but yeah, 
So it's a lot. <laughs> so yeah. maybe a recap or update or something. But I'm very thankful to be on your show. I love what you're doing. Keep doing it. Keep rocking it. So thanks. Okay, guys. So I hope you enjoyed that episode with Destiny. Um, whether it was a replay for you or if it was new to you. Um, I know I, I actually like re-listening to some of these replays because it's I I can tell my growth when it comes to the podcast because there was times where I would didn't sound as confident and now I sound a lot more confident than I did in the past. Um, so I it's kind of a growth thing for me. But um, definitely if uh, you guys are loving the content, I appreciate you being here. Um, share it with whoever. I mean, because be honest, we need more people to hear women in motorsports, their stories. Um, so definitely, um, follow the podcast on whatever platform you choose. We're on Apple, Spotify, Podbean, uh, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music. There's so many. Um, I, I can't name them all, but definitely do that. And if you feel called to rate or review on whatever pi- uh, platform you are listening on, um, because that helps more people find the podcast. Uh, that's just how the algorithm works. So, uh, so definitely do that if you feel called to, but outside of that guys, um, until, Wednesday, if you are a VIP, or Thursday, if you're finding um, the podcast through social media, um, I will talk to you guys then. So go out and manifest your best lives and take care. Bye.